Uh, my name is Amber Page. I am the host of the Wonder Woman podcast. Um, I have a guest here today, Sarah Wyland. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Just to give everyone who's listening a little background on the podcast, the Wonder Woman podcast is hearing captivating stories from remarkable women that inspire others to grab their own capes and fly. And so it's meant to really hear and capture stories, but in a unique way where it's focused on positivity and uplifting others. So on my first podcast, I talked about how women supporting women has been some come into our society and it's not this revolutionary idea that I'm bringing to the table, but what's groundbreaking about it is that I'm focusing on a community that wants to break down one of our barriers to equality, which can be this idea of exclusivity or women that want to maximize another woman's weakness. There's no room for that here. It's all about um, inclusivity. It's judgment-free, it's gossip-free. So it's really just a community of women who want to see others thrive. So um, Sarah, I asked you to be on my podcast because we have a mutual friend, Arthi. <laughs> who's an incredible soul. She was on my last, my first podcast episode. Um, and she mentioned your name of just aligning with a lot of the values that um, I try to incorporate into this podcast. So hi, Sarah, welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, so since this is our first time meeting, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'll apologize now because brevity is not always my strong suit. That's why <laughs> I told a professor that was why I want to go into, and I think we'll probably talk about screenwriting, but I wanted to go into television writing because it gives me a chance to tell a story over several hours versus just an hour and a half for a movie. And yeah. he laughed really hard. He was like, that's an honest answer. But yeah, so um, right now I am in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I moved down here to open a bar studio, which I did, and uh, also had a job offer at the University of North Carolina in their business school in marketing, um, and that's just, I've kind of changed trajectory, it's falling over that word every time I ever say it, over the course of several years. Um, you know, in college, I was determined to be a music journalist, so I did that. I lived in Nashville, have this like long list of country music stars that I've interviewed, had a great time doing that and just kind of was ready for something else and moved back to Charlottesville, which is where I met Hannah, got super involved in fitness, and was teaching at Hannah's bar studio and kind of pivoted a lot of my life towards focusing on like health and fitness. And that's still a huge part of what I do. And you know, came down here, like I said, for the studio and then uh, will be changing, pivoting again. I've always had this deep love of writing. I've always been like the weird kid in the corner with a notebook writing down stories. And it kind of only just dawned on me that I could make a living actually doing that. So I am about to completely turn life on its ear and head out west to go to school. So. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank so you. When you say that, it sounds like you kind of found comfort in almost taking bold, risky moves, especially like moving to Nashville. And then you're like, I tried this, but now I want to do something else. So like, where do those passions come from? And how do you feel confident about just kind of uplifting and trying something different? 
I am a big, big believer, and it might be getting a little new agey here in like my gut instinct. And, you know, when I made that decision to move to Nashville, for instance, I was just in a place of kind of, I was in my hometown still, I had graduated from high school, I was going to night school full-time, working a full-time job all day that was just absolutely like watching paint dry. I was merging duplicate medical record numbers. And I knew I wanted to do something else. And someone had kind of put that idea of being a music journalist. So again, writing, she's like, you're always writing. You're always listening to music. And it sounds like such a bizarre story, but I swear it's true. I was sitting at a kitchen table where I babys- was babysitting some family friends, little kids. And I just like heard a word, like heard a voice say like moved to Nashville. And I was like, okay. And so I just like trusted that instinct. Same with, you know, when it was time to move back to Charlottesville and on and on and on. And, you know, with this next big move to LA, if you would have asked me two years ago, my younger brother moved out to LA right after he graduated from high school in 2018. I think he graduated in May and moved like two days before the 4th of July. So he's been out there for two years now. And if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. I will never live in LA. That is not a thing that I'm going to do. And um, kind of last year, actually just over a year ago now, it was a year ago on Easter, my mother passed away. And her passing away just kind of caused a lot of like internal like shifting and thinking. And it sounds totally cheesy, but to cope, you know, I have a massive family. Like there's so many of them and they all mean so, they mean well, but they were all just like coming at me. I'm at my dad's house and I'm trying just to like, focus on other stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go lock myself in his bedroom and read, but I couldn't focus on reading. So I ended up pulling out my laptop and I started writing. And again, this is so cheesy, but I started writing fan fiction. And this was something that I used to do like back in the day, but I just finished watching Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. And I got really into it. I loved the storyline. So I started, I wrote this like one shot story and people loved it and they wanted more. So that was like, what was my way of coping became something that was like, wait a minute, like this is something I might be able to do. And then I, you know, kind of last gut check instinct, I was reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes book. And on page 80, because I'd bookmarked it, she says, it's a speech that she's giving at her alma mater. And she says something to the effect of, getting into USC film school is harder than getting into Harvard law. So I decided to go do that. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that too then. And that was literally the point in which I decided I was going to go. I'd never written a script. I didn't know how to write a script. I was Googling like how to do this and applying to like the most competitive film schools in the country. But yeah, I mean, I've just always trusted like that gut instinct. And when it feels like it's really big, it's really scary. Like, even just today, like today has been one of those Mondays to give Mondays their bad reputation with like just kind of one thing after another. And I look at those as like confirmation that you're going the right way. So yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of a new agey kind of answer to that question, but I just- No, <laughs> I, I, I love that answer. <laughs> I do, I, I one think it's different. A lot of people, myself included, like the unknown, taking big risks, changing careers, states, moving somewhere totally different. Just hearing you talk though, I feel like write a movie on what you're talking about. (laughs) 
you know, like movies when people are like, I will never do this ever. Okay. They like flash forward one scene and it's like, I will never drive a minivan. And then you like see the moms like sitting in a minivan. Like, it's like, I will never move to LA and then flash forward. Here you are. Yeah making this like life decision. Um, also congratulations in getting into film school. Thank you. What's the like with, I guess you can now not knowing what it's like yet, but the application process, I know you said you compared it to, it can be even harder than getting into Harvard law. Why do you think that was a statement that was made and what was your experience with applying? So I applied to four schools all in LA. Um, two of them, USC and the American Film Institute, they are like one and two. And then Loyola Marymount and Chapman are also like top 10 programs. And the hard part about it, aside from, I mean, literally having never written a script, like I bought a book and like read how to write a script and was like reading television scripts and trying to like guess. The hardest part for me was the fact that each school had different requirements. So I remember USC was due November 15th and everyone else was due December 1st. And I started working on working on these in like August to get them. And of course I submitted each of them like minutes before the midnight deadline, which yeah. being on the West coast was nice because it was really 3 PM on the East or 3 AM on the East coast. Yeah. But I was like, no, just for my sake of mind, it's going to be midnight. And so I think that was really the hardest part was like, you had to come up with I didn't have any of these pieces like I had to create them all from scratch and it was all different requirements so like USC had two they called them creative challenges where you had to write a script but then you also had to provide like another type of a writing sample which that I had that was always like the one piece I had was like some other writing sample but then you had to have personal statements and I think LMU I had to do a like one minute video talking about myself and it could only be one minute or maybe it was two minutes but that was the, like really challenging part was you know trying to like do life so trying to you know work all day you know i am a i'm a weightlifter so i go to the gym and train four days a week and if i'm not at the gym after work i'm actually coaching gymnastics after work i've got my personal training business i've got freelance i've got all this stuff going on and so i was just spending like every waking minute that I was not doing one of those things, trying to figure out what to write for these. So not being able, it's not like I could like write one scene and submit it. It was like, okay, like they want a scene in the elevator. They want a scene that ends with someone holding a knife. They want a scene with, you know, one person is leaving the house and the other doesn't like, and just trying to make yourself stand out. And you go into it knowing USC only accepts 32. Um, I think they have a 3% acceptance rate. And AFI only accepts 28. And so it's like, if you get an interview with AFI, you're already like doing better than 80% of the people who submitted. So that was like the most stressful part. And then you submit, you know, I submitted to USC in November. They don't do an interview process for their screenwriting program. You just kind of wait. And so I submitted November 15th and I didn't find out until March 2nd that I got admitted. So you submit and then you just kind of, all of them, you just chill and wait. So all of my acceptances came between, I think USC was the first one I got. So between March and then I actually had written off LMU and was like, oh, you know, they hadn't interviewed me. I hadn't heard from them. 
They emailed me this past Wednesday for an interview, interviewed me on Friday afternoon, and it made me Friday night. So, and I had already committed to USC, but now I'm kind of waffling again between, so I did get into all four, which is like next level. But yeah, so now I'm just like, okay, now I have to make another life choice. But yeah, that was just. So you just found out this Friday you got into LMU? Yeah, so Loyola oh. Marymount and you know, it's, they're not the flashy USC. And my brother's like, you got into the best school, go there. And I'm like, uh, yeah, and I may still go there, but LMU does have, I want to be a showrunner. So I want to be like the one that's in control. So I want to write the show, but also tell everyone what to do on the show, which is very much in line with my personality. And they have a really great program for that. So now I'm over here like, oh, okay. Like I have to choose like best school in the country. <laughs> really good school that's a little more aligned with what I want to do so yeah. that's the next round of choices wow well one just congratulations um it sounds like you're a very self-taught person um saying I have never written like a film screen before I don't know what that's really called <laughs> I've never written the script for this before um just like what is that like like just diving into something that you're like I don't I don't know how to do this, but it's a passion of mine, so I want to learn. And it, like, I like to learn, but I only like to learn about what I want to learn about. So for me, like, that doesn't, it never felt like I was, like, working, like, to learn, because it was just such a, like, okay, like, I really love telling a story, and this is just a different way to do it, you know, I and mean, it's been like that with, like, when I was studying for my fitness certifications, that's never felt like I was working, because it was stuff that I enjoyed learning about. If you come at me with like, I took an accounting class a couple of years ago when I was thinking about going to get my MBA, that was a disaster because I'm like, you hire someone to do your accounting. You don't do this yourself. Like you don't need to learn this. So if I enjoy it, I just, I can sit down and like read or, you know, watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts or whatever, like all day long. But if it's not something I have any interest in, I'm going to need a really good reason to learn it. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're passions fuel your like decisions to like dive in and commit exactly yeah that's really that's awesome um you talked about to the loss of your mom mm -hmm. so sorry that you know that happened i i can't relate to that and I, so i don't want to say i can only say i can't imagine what it would be like um, but you talked about coping um and i don't think it's at all cheesy to say you know i coped in a way that was like how like, what do I look into of what I want to do um, with myself? I think that's powerful. Um, it's so easy to let unfortunate and terrible um, circumstances that are out of our control, even like with this pandemic, to then cripple us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's such a normal response and I'm not faulting anyone for it. There's been many times um, in my life where I've gone through something where it seems too much to handle. Um, but is that a dog? It is. I was, I knew he was going to show up. This is Knox. Oh my. <laughs> He's been like running around just off screen and he interrupts every, there we go. He oh, can't he help is himself. A, he has to show up. He is so, his name is Knox. Knox. Yeah. I got him. I went to the university of Tennessee. I got him in Knoxville and my dad calls him obnoxious because he does like this. <laughs> Uh, I, was, I was like, it's coming. I knew he was getting closer and closer. I'm like, he's going to jump. 
he jumped on the table earlier today and like walked across in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> like like my, my presence is no, like yeah, he's like to know. They joke <laughs> when we do these Zoom meetings at work. They're like, we need to get him like a name tag. And my boss was like, can I put him on administrative leave? I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love dogs, so he's not interrupting. He's, <laughs> um, but um, with what I was saying just about things happen to us and we can allow them to victimize us and stay in a state or we can allow it to like empower us. Um, not that it takes away at all from the grief or the pain, but it also just allows you to like learn from difficult and hard experiences and come out of it stronger. Would you say just from seeing that and changing life app, like just changing and making big bold moves, would you say that it's been harder because of, you know, the coping or has been coping part of, are there things that you can say mm -hmm. this is a blessing in disguise now mm -hmm. that, you know, I've learned to cope with some of these feelings and emotions? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Like my mom and I had a fantastic relationship, but we also had a complicated relationship. So in some ways there was, you know, some like, like if she were alive right now and I called her up and I was like, Hey, moving to LA, she'd probably like completely freak out. You know, my dad freaked out in a different way because he's like, I'm his only child. It's baby girl. He cries when I get in the car to drive three hours home. Now I'm going to be on, he's going to have to get on a plane to come see me. Um, you know, I think with me and like mom passing, you know, it did help me to like sit down and write and to kind of cope and kind of, I don't want to say there was like a freedom in her passing because that's not the right word either, but there was sort of this like, you know, she'd been sick from like July through, you know, April and it was, it was lifestyle factors. It was, she was diabetic. She had high blood pressure. She had, you know, a number of diseases that were in some ways preventable through lifestyle. I mean, you cannot run genetics at the end of the day, but you know, there were a number of factors there. And I think probably some of that does influence me like being so dedicated to fitness. But you know, I think there's been, it's been interesting to watch how me and my siblings all cope differently. So like I kind of coped with like, I wanted to get back to quote unquote normal. Like I spent my week at home in Virginia and was like, okay, like I need routine, I need, you know, to like kind of start to get my wheels back. Whereas like my brother, he still struggles. He's out in LA. Hey, he's out in LA and he's, you know, he does have his partner out there, his friends, whereas my sister, you know, she was like, okay, well, I'm back to college now. They're twins. And so it's been, it's interesting to see how like each of us have coped with it in our own like really unique way. But then we also each have like a really unique relationship with her, complicated and otherwise. And so, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that really answers your question, but it's, you know, it's been like a, it's been an odd year in some ways because you definitely feel the loss, but you're also like, okay, like, I'm very much a, this may sound callous to some people, I'm very much a, like, if I can't change it, I try not to allow it to affect me. And I was like, I can't change the fact that she's passed. So like, I coped with it and worked through it, but it was also like, I can't change it. So, and that mean, even with like this virus, like I have friends who are having like meltdowns and I've had my moments. Like I do not like being cooped up like this. Like I am on day 38 and I'm keeping track because when my great grandkids complain about being bored, I'm going to be like, listen, 
<laughs> like this is my petty moment shining through. I was like, I have a post-it note and marking each day. I'm going to be able to tell them exactly how long I was in isolation. Yeah. But, but you know, I keep telling you, it was like the conversation I keep having with my friends and I'm like, we can't change it. I was, you know, they're like worrying about this and that. And I was like, is there anything you can do right now besides a controlled, you know, you staying home, you wearing a face mask in public, whatever, to change any of this? And the answer is always no. So I'm like, so why are you expending energy on it? Yeah. And sometimes I have to stop and look in the mirror. I mean, today was a perfect example. I had multiple things today where not a lot I could do to change them, but I was found myself like losing energy to like fretting over them or worrying about them or obsessing like did I say the wrong thing in that meeting or you know did I handle that inappropriately and I'm like it's done I can't change it so you need to just like do the next thing yep yeah um thank you for being so vulnerable um and sharing that um mm -hmm. and like you said I think there's many things in life and the pandemic's a perfect example of that life is not like in our hands and we can't predict the future or change what's currently happening. There's so many things out of our control. Um, there's like a Proverbs that says like worrying or does worrying add any days to your life? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. So it's all about like perspective and it is hard. I can imagine, especially listening to how many things you do to keep busy, like working at bar studios, being a fitness instructor, um, just enjoying the hustle and bustle of life um, that being home is probably very challenging <laughs> people, um, who love to keep themselves busy. And, but in, in some ways, this is a coping mechanism too. Like we're grieving the losses of mm -hmm. not being able to do the day-to-day -day things. I'm an extrovert. So this is very hard to, on um, my energy is fueled by events and going places. Um, but you are right. There's certain things we can't control. We can learn from things and we can also choose how we handle them mm -hmm. and always how they happen to us. We can't control a lot of that, but how do we respond to it and choosing like joy, um, choosing to like, I have my moments too. There have been many breakdowns. I have, had. um, I have anxiety. So this is not great <laughs> for that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Yeah, this is not good for, for people who struggle with anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, and it's real, right? And it's um, almost like at a magnitude level now. Mm -hmm. We don't know when it's going to be over. Um, but I, I think some of us have to do realize that surviving this is a version of thriving. Mm -hmm. Like there's no guidebook. Like we have no like list of how to get through the pandemic of 2020. Like no one wrote this down. You may now be able to write this, Sarah, for like, <laughs> I hope it never happens again. To, right. <laughs> but it's like a, a guidebook of how to survive. But for people, even like I think of like moms and dads and parents during this time, like the fact that they're able to like just love on their kids, make them get to bed, they're getting food. That's a, a survival and you're thriving. You're doing little things, even though it may seem like, I'm not accomplishing as much as I'd like to. I'm feeling like I'm just not as exercising as much as I used to. I'm, I'm not connecting with people the way mm -hmm. I used to. Um, but if you're like, hey, but I didn't used to, you know, play a game at night with my family or go on walk. Mm -hmm. 
or take time to read this book. Like in those things, that's mm -hmm. a survival mode that you're adapting, which is a version of thriving. Yeah, during this that's exactly kind of how I've approached it. Like at first I was really excited about quarantine. Like my office went on uh, work from home kind of about a week to two weeks before the rest of North Carolina did. Like my boss was really proactive. Like even before the university went to work from home, he was like, we're not doing this, like work from home. And at first it was so excited because at that point, like, I love to like go, go, go. But then I do like, I have my points where I'll hit that wall. And usually it's just for like a day, maybe a weekend where I'm like, I cannot see another child in tumbling class. I cannot go to the, like, I just, no. And I was kind of at that point. So I was like, I'm going to do, and I had like the list. And I used to have it on the wall and I've since taken it down, but I was like, here's everything I'm going to do in quarantine, it's my quarantine bucket list. And then like, I've actually kind of had to revert to what you were saying of like, giving myself actually the grace to not be mm -hmm. as productive. I mean, I was training to try to make a, um, a, a national weightlifting meet and like the qualifying date was end of May. I was already going to be kind of pushing it with what I'm capable of doing. And at this point, like, I'm not going to make that meet and it's, mm -hmm they might not even have it for one because of coronavirus, but also like I've got a wrist injury right now and I can only snatch but so much on my tiny patio. So it's been like that, like adjusting, but then it was like, you know what? Like I've been doing a lot more like cardio based, like more like CrossFit workouts. And I'm like, this is actually kind of fun. Like I'm kind of, you know, enjoying, even though maybe I'm only working out three days a week and it seems like I'm only doing instead of these like hour and a half training sessions with heavy weights and doing like a 30 minute, workout on my porch with a dog who is like <laughs> it's like this added bonus of like agility training while he's like I'm jumping rope and he's like popping in you know um, he likes to drop the ball like while I'm jumping rope and so there's like the ball I'm like doing double unders and there's a ball under my feet and I'm like this is like a circus routine but yeah it's just you know adjusting to to like your environment and like finding those positives of like I love to read and I hadn't had time to read because I was coming home and I write every evening or I work on my fitness business or I do something. And, you know, I mentioned coaching gymnastics. Well, if I coach gymnastics, I don't get home until after eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's been like a 12 hour day, gone from home. It's like, you want to play with the dog, eat your dinner. All of a sudden it's 10 o'clock and you haven't even started on your client check-ins yet. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I get time to read. I get to like improve my sleep. So it's, it's absolutely finding those like little wins of like, mm -hmm. I've gone from sleeping six hours tonight to seven. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And give yourself grace. I love that you said that. I think people have to give themselves grace during this time. And I was the same where I, I made this huge list, kind of like what you said, of everything I'm going to get done. And I was kind of like, oh, if I like measure myself based off this list, then I'm quarantining terrible. Mm -hmm. like, failing. I think life is too is where do you measure that? If you were truly, if I were to truly measure my value or the way I spent it based off of doing all these things, rather than saying, like you said, hey, maybe I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm spending more time reading or journaling or self-reflection. Um, I'm growing in different ways. I'm also learning how to cope through a worldwide health crisis. Mm -hmm. That's something that I never expected to experience. Like we are learning and adapting to things that are out of our control, social distancing, um, 
self-isolation. Like there's so much that we are now adapting to, which in some ways will make people stronger, Mm -hmm. learn that they're adaptable. Well, it totally like translates into like, I'll call it like real life. Like I was on the phone with the um, chair for the admissions committee of USC. And I was, you know, I had a bunch of questions. Like at that point I was trying to decide between AFI and USC in one of my like question marks around it was like the age of everyone in the program and like expressing to him like you know and he he was genius like he totally picked up like I was trying not to basically come out and be like I'm afraid I'm going to be the old one because I'm 34 years old I'm changing careers and I knew at least a good number of the people coming in were like right out of college and I was like I have lived a life I've paid bills like I have you know done things like I've traveled I've done all this I have like life experience and granted it's not a ton I'm only 34 but it's also like comparatively to like a 22 year old and he was he was like you know he's like you you have that experience and he kind of like shifted my perspective kind of along the lines of he used the coronavirus he's like you know you've got all this time now he's like think of it the same way he's like you've got this opportunity to come in fresh slate start over and he's like you don't need to worry about he's like do not measure yourself against you know what someone else has done he's like you're gonna have this like kid come in that has seen every movie ever made and I was like I don't watch movies. I don't enjoy them. I was like, when I do it, like I watched High School Musical the other night. And then went to Zac Efron. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was like, you know, I don't, I watch TV. And so he yeah. like helped me shift my perspective. And I think that goes along the lines. It was like giving yourself grace there to like be the, be- you know, be a beginner, if you will. And like be okay with not maybe, you know, this person sitting next to you, like we have a group chat for admitted students. And like last night they were going like crazy about these movies they've seen. I've never even heard of these movies. And I'm just like, so who watched OBX on Netflix? <laughs> like, it was great. <laughs> and so I think, you know, we're all learning a lot right now that we'll be able to translate into like when we go back to real life. And I think it's gonna be really interesting for those of us that have like office jobs who will be fortunate enough to transition back into like going to an office every day how do you like deal with that transition when you you know you get into the group of working from home and you know I there's a lot that I enjoy about working from home there's a lot I don't like about it but it would be there's a very good chance I will actually never go back to my office depending on when the pandemic ends and I haven't actually put in my notice yet because I've wanted to do it in person and I'm like I'm running out of time to do something yeah. Like, I have to do the Zoom, the Zoom quit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think right now is a chance for us to like learn lessons to carry over into like moving forward. Because I, I don't think I think there people think you're just gonna like flip on a switch and businesses are gonna be open and everything's gonna be normal. And I'm like, well, we even shake hands again, you know? Yeah. Like it's a really interesting shift that I think is gonna happen. I do too. Um, also, High School Musical, great movie. <laughs> I've been singing this, we're all in this together. <laughs> Such an appropriate song for what we're going through. So that's, that's, what, that's what caused me to go down the, the hole on, <laughs> I grew up, like, I grew up on Disney. I was the Disney princess kid and then like the Disney, like Friday night movie premieres, like that was yeah. my life. And 
they there was like this big like uproar from high school musical fans because apparently Zach Efron like introduced the sing-along but he didn't actually sing-along like they did this like Disney sing-along special on ABC I guess like last week and that was what inspired the like down the rabbit hole of I'm gonna go listen to like watch High School Musical. <laughs> and, like, that led That's me to awesome. Google Zac Efron and what he's been up to. I was like, what is that? That is so awesome. I was like, it's quarantine. I got time to go off the. To go off it the is go off, <laughs> go off the deep end. So you obviously like fitness is very important to you. Listening to you say you were uh, gonna do like a body lifting competition. How'd you get into that? That's so cool. It's kind of a funny story. Like I, you know, again, like brevity reasons, I won't go into the whole details, but like I was very much an overweight kid. And like when I started college, I weighed about a hundred pounds more than I do now. And just through like a year, like years of like trial and error, I started to like figure out how to lose weight and got really interested in it, started taking bar and for like completely vain reasons. I was like, I have like, I'm not tall, I'm five foot two, and I'm never like, I wanted to be that like lean ballerina. And a you know, the bar franchise that I started at was like, get long lean limbs, and you can't actually do that. But I, you know, you can't change the shape of your muscle, but so much is what it amounts to. But then I just, I loved that fitness class, and I was like, I'm gonna teach this. And so when I started teaching it, I was like, I wanna like do more. So I went and started studying for my personal training certification and then in hindsight I'm pretty sure I was asked on a date to go to the gym and I just completely like went way over my head and I didn't realize that until literally years later but I went to this it was a west side barbell gym and if you google west side barbell you're going to see these massive massive men most of them have beards they're like tagline strongest gym in the world and they do crazy stuff like they like strap their de their deadlifts to the floor with bands and they pull against it they there's chains there it's this like crazy way of lifting but in charlottesville they have and it's called the gym like it's no nonsense he named it the gym <laughs> and it is just some of the best coaching i've ever had and that like i went once and i got hooked on weightlifting and i realized really quickly that I wasn't made to get this like lean ballerina figure because I'm really, really strong. Like I got really strong really fast. And I really loved weightlifting. Like I was powerlifting there. So powerlifting is squat, deadlift, and bench press. And I was enjoying it, I was loving it. But then when I got the opportunity to move to Chapel Hill, I knew that there wasn't gonna be a West Side Barbell gym here. It's really hard to be to get like a West Side Barbell certification as a gym, you can kind of individually get one, but to have your gym certified, it's like a whole, like you're in an elite, like handful of people to do that. So the closest I found down here was a CrossFit gym. And I started going to class. I absolutely love the owners, Chad and Kelly. And from like day one, they were like, you need to go to barbell club. You don't need to be in CrossFit classes. So we have CrossFit class and they have barbell. They're like, you need to go to barbell club. Like, you need to learn how to snatch. You need to learn how to clean it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. But then when I started, like, doing some of those movements periodically in class, because that's kind of fun. I could get better at it. And so uh, finally, like, they do, they're big on goal setting there, which is one of the things I love. And there was a local meet at another CrossFit gym. And I have, like, they do a Halloween meet every year. That's, like, so much fun. And I'm like, mm -hmm. 
do it, but now I don't know. Like I was like waffling. And so my goal setting session, I was like, I want to, you know, be better at snatching. And I think I might want to compete. And I was like dancing around it. And Kelly was like, okay, we're signing up for this meet. You will be doing it. End of discussion. And she basically like manhandled me into barbell bar. And I went, I did that first meet. And so it snatches and clean and jerks. And I just like, literally was like, okay, this is it. Like I have to do this again. And so I've been competing for about a year now. I have finished, and I'm going to be super bitter when I say this, I have finished second in every single meet I've done. So I'm um, literally by one kilo at times. And I'm just like, <laughs> I want to win, gosh darn it. <laughs> but, like, how many people, how do they? So it's, I've been against everything from like two to like five. Because um, I've been doing like the local. So you have, in weight, USA Weightlifting, you have, local meets, which are like, like my gym has two a year. There's like, you know, different areas. And it's just, it, it is what it sounds like. It's like a local meet. You don't have to be registered with USA Weightlifting. You don't have to wear a singlet. It's really just like show up and lift. But I was like, okay, like I want to like compete at nationals. And so you can qualify through it by hitting a total. And so that, that's like the next goal. I mean, it's kind of like, I have a big issue with, um, so at, the calendar year that you turn 35, you become a master's. And so next year I'll be a master's athlete, which the good side is that I can like snatch the total that I need to qualify for nationals. But it's also just like, I don't feel like I'm a master's athlete. <laughs> like 35, you're a master's? No. Um, Cause like it's literally from 35 up, you're a master's. So yeah, you know, it's just something that I really love like the like, concept of being like a strong girl and I am the token girl like I have no problems I'm the only girl on our barbell team right now and I get a lot of like questions one from like people on like Instagram and they're like how do you like there's you know one the perception of like how, why why are you strong like why are you like because they kind of think like they think women lifting weights they get big and bulky and they're like you don't you know, you're obviously muscular, but you're not like, why, why is it? So there's like an educational component there. But I also get like, are you comfortable? Like, how do you deal with the boys? Because you go on Instagram, you go on my Instagram stories and you see like the guys that I lift with, they're idiots. They're the best idiots in the world. They're like, if I had a flat tire or I needed to hide a body, like I know who I call. Like I would call specific ones for specific things. I'm like, you wouldn't help me change a tire. You would help me like, but like, what it's also taught me though, is like being the only girl in that situation multiple days a week has kind of shifted how I handle myself in like my professional life. And like, I'm going into an industry with screenwriting where women are very much the minority, like women, they're getting more recognition, but it's not women winning the Emmys and winning the Oscars. And I'm like being around all of those boys has given me like so much confidence because I have, I usually let them go with like their like antics, but I have days where I'm like, hey, there's a female standing here. We need to stop that. But then, you know, they're also like, they're great for like dating advice. But, like, <laughs> we had some interesting conversations about that. I can but, imagine. I mean, my first job out of college, I was the only girl. I was just out of college working for Dollar General's corporate office. There was four other men in marketing. The youngest, the next youngest one, I was 24. The next youngest one was 36. 
And so I can, I remember like sitting around a conference table and they're like, what did you, you know, what did you do this weekend? And they're all like, I went golfing. I took my kids to the zoo. I did this, I did that. And, you know, then politely asked me and I'm like, I went to whiskey jam with my friends. Like, you know, it was such a weird, and I really, really, really struggled with being, being a girl and being in that environment and not wanting to speak up and not having a voice. And then like over the years, I've gotten better at that. But then like when I got into really from the get go with going to the gym in Charlottesville, cause that's predominantly been, I mean, it's like state record holders. That like perspective of being in the gym, being around guys and like learning how to stand my ground as a female. And like when I, like when I compete, I always have a bow in my hair. That's like just a thing. Like I have, my hair is long and I've got, I'll put it up on top of my head and I call it the power flip. Cause you grab the bar, you're like, you're looking down. Like when you look up your hair, like flips. But I've got a bow in it and I'm just like total token girl and I'm so okay with that and I think there's like a lot of power in being able to like show that to other people because more and more I get like women at my gym like before we went into lockdown mode they were starting to come to barbell club not to compete but to kind of like they were like okay like Sarah's got this awesome snatch like how do you do it and I'd be like come to barbell club like ignore the boys on the ends of the platforms like our coach Paul is brilliant he'll fix it like it might not be the most conventional way but he'll fix it like, yeah and so I think there's just been a lot of power in that from being a female and like mm -hmm. taking what I've learned there and translating it into other areas of life mm -hmm. that's incredible I just like everything you're saying I'm just like yes girl yes girl yes um one, the idea that one body type does not equal like fit, strong, beautiful. Um, unfortunately, when you like have this social media measuring stick or just seeing and feeling easy to compare, it's easy to say, well, this body type, like you were saying, like long mm -hmm. skinny must be what means to be in shape or to mm -hmm. fit or to be strong. One, Every, there are so many different body frames, types. Um, if people have longer arms, it's harder for them to bulk up. People that are shorter, it's easy for them to put on more muscle. Like all of that too, a lot of it's your genetics and the way you're built. One body type and one look does not equal like the standard. Exactly. Urban. It took me so long to get that, to get that through my head. Like, I mean, I spent like so long. I mean, I have like super muscular legs. Like my legs are just, they are all muscle and there is no changing that. Like that is just like, if yeah. you look at like my grandmother, I'm like, this is what I come from. Like there's no changing that. And it's, my coach calls it short levers because I'm not, I mean, I'm not big. I'm five foot two. And he's like, Oh, you've got short levers, you know? And I'm like, just say I'm short. Like that's, <laughs> but it's ideal because I'm, when I'm pulling weight off the floor, you know, when someone's like six and a half feet tall, they've got to pull it way, 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 way up here and then drop underneath it. I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> like I just kind of pull and drop and I'm already there. Like, it's just, I am built for that sport. You know, he's like, he'll, he tells me, he's like, if you came to me and was like, I want to play basketball, he's like, we'd have to have a conversation, but he's like, mm -hmm. you want to play, he's like, you want to play in weightlifting. Perfect. Put on your weightlifting shoes and get out here, you know? And That's awesome. I think it's just, it's really fun for me to kind of be able to show that and like more and more and more get those questions mm -hmm. and be able to answer them honestly with like, Hey, like 
I didn't always accept this and it's fun being strong. Like mm -hmm. I would give anything today to be able to like throw weight on a bar and like just drop it on something. Like that is the most like therapeutic thing in the world to me yeah. is to be able to like drop a barbell from over my head and let it hit the floor. <laughs> like it that noise, <laughs> I love that sound. I did CrossFit for a little bit. And when you like lift something up and then you just let it go and it hits the ground and that like clang, it's yes. satisfying. The satisfying thing. And like, it I really is. can't do it that is. on my patio. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's some of the disadvantages of, of quarantine, but there's lots of different things you can do. There's lots of body mechanic workouts. Um, I have a bad knee. Like I said, I used to do CrossFit and then I got injured. So I've changed a lot because I can't do heavy lifting anymore. So now my workout routines and style is all like circuit training with like lightweight um just because it's too much to put like physically on my knees but there's a lot of different things you can do and adapt but what i also love you said is like you can be fully feminine and do thing like you can have a feminine role in many things even if the association is with something masculine one, it shouldn't be, weightlifting should be for all genders just across the board. It is so cool. It's so empowering. But also the fact that you're like, hey, I want to be that token girl. And there's absolutely no shame in it. You shouldn't change based off the culture. You should hopefully have the culture shift. Mm -hmm. Except like beautiful feminine women that are doing these like grinding, grimy, like tough stuff. And like, say, hey, you're fully feminine, but you're also very like powerful and it should then be equated as one. And it should be like this culture shift of accepting the two as one and not separating them. So exactly. I mean, I wear like, not to, uh, today, obviously, but like during like regular business hours, if you will, when we're like going about, I usually have on like red lipstick. That's like my, yeah. my thing, like red lipstick. And I'm like, I like, I'm like my grandmother. We don't leave the house without earrings and mascara. That's like our two, I do have mascara on. It's like our two, like, that's like our rule. And like, yeah. they used to tease me so much. Like I'd come into the gym after work with that red lipstick on and they're like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, absolutely. And, you know, I think, and two, you know, the boys have kind of, they've gotten used to, I can out squat some of them and they know it and they don't oh, yeah. just like, cool, high five. Like, and I <laughs> love that. Like, I love that I'm in an environment with guys that are just like, you got a girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's helping train um, men too, to see women as capable and strong. Um, also like allowing them to still, like you said, be men, like have their masculine side, enjoy what they like to do and not strip it away. Also see like both as two powerful humans that have different mindsets and dress different and act a little different, but you guys are doing the same thing. You have a similar passion. And like, you know, and they have their like body issues too. Like it's, it's fascinating to me to like talk to them about it because like the one, you know, they, they're like, wow, like you squat 300 pounds and like, I don't, you know, and it's fascinating to like realize like, Hey, like they've got, like one of them identifies with being strong. Like that is what he is. And so he recently leaned out a lot and he was like, I'm not strong anymore. And I'm like, you're still who you are. Like it's, I think it's not just women who have these issues. Yep. Yeah, it is true. And it, it uh, comes down to, again, aligning and creating a culture of um, including people and body inclusivity. It's like my favorite word to say, because I think it's so important that men and women don't walk into a gym or anywhere, a grocery store, and feel shame for the way they look. Um, mm -hmm. 
people that are um, working on fitness goals. Like it's incredible and it shouldn't be, hey, like if you look some way, but you have a goal maybe to lose weight or gain muscle or uh, trim down, those are awesome things to achieve and they don't happen overnight. So if you create a culture of just encouraging someone to keep working towards it, and it's like, hey, you may not look like this right now, but your mindset's in the right place. And yeah. it may not look like it, but you're still doing the things that you wanted to accomplish. And mentally, you're getting up and you're working and you have a growth mindset. And that's huge. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm regretting the most is his ball is like in a basket. I'm going to have to like zip off camera and get it in a second. That's okay. Um, one of the things that I'm regretting the, or just going to miss the most is actually he was like not gonna stop no that's okay <laughs> um, he's awesome my gym like I I love my gym and that was like when I was moving down here that was the same thing like I wasn't like upset about leaving my family and my friends in Charlottesville it was leaving my gym and then I found that same kind of culture down here and I'm like I'm about to move to LA and you have to I mean it's starting over it's all you know it's like finding like I had to take my dog to the vet the other day and I love his vet like I love him and you know it was like get go ahead and give him the whole physical because you know I'd rather like the people who know him really well see him but it's like you know you move and it is like the thought of like I have to find a new gym I have to find a new hairstylist I have to like find a grocery store you know like I remember moving here my mom and stepdad kind of they unloaded the u-haul for me I was like, okay, you can leave now. Like, I didn't want their help putting things away because mom and I don't didn't do things the same way. I was like, okay, like, go. We've been, been with me all day. Like, please. And I remember, like, standing in my apartment and being like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't have a trash can. I'll go to Target. And then it's like, oh, I don't know where Target is. <laughs> you know, yeah. and having that, like, that moment of realizing you don't know where anything is. And I'm like, Chapel Hill is so small. And it was very easy to figure it out and I'm still figuring it out I've lived here almost two well two years now and I'm like now I'm about to go to LA where it's huge and massive and easily the biggest city I've lived in I mean Nashville was big but this is like next level and you know it's but it's just kind of like that like okay like you're absolutely terrified so that probably means you should do it <laughs> yeah well I'm really excited for you I um I think everyone should and I know you've moved before so it's not first time doing this um but should try to get out of a comfort zone mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you have to move across the country <laughs> but if you are doing that that's incredible but to just like encourage like women that are kind of not feel stuck but maybe wanting to take a ne next step especially mm -hmm. when you're younger um I moved out of my house at 23 and it was like out of college and I, I have such a funny mom like she she was a single mom for five years or ten years she then got remarried there were five kids so she was always big on like independence and making sure that you could provide for yourself and so when I finished and graduated college I was home for only about three months you know applying for jobs working full-time at a senior living community um and like within three months she was like so what's your game plan like you need to get out of the house you're gonna start paying rent and it was like so quick I'm so grateful for it 
because it pushed me out of my home. I encourage people, like you said, it is scary though. You don't know anybody yeah. you don't know where the grocery store is. You have to GPS how to like get back home when you're, <laughs> you know how to get back, GPS to my, how to get back home. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know how to get to my apartment. So, and it, it can be frightening. So with moving to California, do you have any connections there like now? I mean, my little brother is out there. He, mm -hmm. you know, he's been out there for two years. He goes yeah. to UC Irvine. So he's down in Orange okay. County. Um, but his partner lives in LA. So, you know, I do have them, but he's 14 years younger than me. So there's, oh, wow. you know, it's really funny. He's so excited. But like I said, he's the one that struggled the most with our mom's passing. And he's so excited to have me out there. And so it's like every, like almost every day now, he's like sending me apartments and, you know, things <laughs> like that. Because at this point, I can't go out there before I move. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm going to probably have to rely on him to like go visit places. And his partner's a little bit older than him. So I'm like, take Richard with you. He may have a better idea. Exactly. And like, he's going to, you know, amusing himself by like sending me rentals. He's mm -hmm. like, look at this one. But they're like the worst, ugliest ones you can possibly imagine. <laughs> he's like, look at this. And it's like turquoise trim and yellow appliances. And you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, I know of people who live out there, like, they're not, like, close connections by any means, but it's just one of those things where, like, I'm just, like, I gotta do it, and I have to, like, go out there and, like, you know, probably move sight unseen at this point. I was supposed to go out a few weeks ago and, like, go to USC Admitted Students Day and, like, Kind of drive, I was going to like drive around neighborhoods and try to figure out like where exactly I'd like to live versus like where the internet tells me I'd probably like and you know and I, I don't get to do any of that now unless something pretty drastic changes in the next few months because at this point I'm planning to you know drive cross country in July. Wow. So, <laughs> I think my brother's coming with me and that's his plan but I do have like friends and family kind of like in Tennessee in Arkansas in Colorado so it's kind of like Spread out. Stopping mm -hmm. spots. And I was like, we'll do that. And I was like, and then we'll like drive through like the Grand Canyon because yeah. not like <laughs> how do you think Knox is feeling about going with you? I think he's gonna love it. I like yeah. he's had a really hard time with allergies this season. Mm. And like even just that, like we both have, but like he was so just not okay for a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, Don't worry, buddy, we're gonna move where there's like less pollen and like and he, honestly, as long as he's with me, he's lived in, this will be his fourth state, I think. Yeah, his fourth state, too. So he's just, as long as he's with me, like, he's great in the yeah. car. Like, we'll have, like, when we first moved here, like, it was a little rough for, you know, the first couple of weeks. Well, he kind of, like, got used to it, but he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's just kind well, of, good. Like, I say all the time, like, the very best thing I ever did for myself was go to the University of Tennessee. Because at that point, I had lived at home in this teeny tiny town in Virginia outside of Charlottesville like if you've ever seen the Waltons on TV like that is literally where I grew up it's from like the 70s yeah. cool that's where I grew up my grandpa was friends with that family there's a whole history there and people just didn't go to college where I grew up mm -hmm. and so I transferred after two years of community college and I went to Knoxville and I remember my mom and stepdad driving out and I was standing in the parking lot of my apartment complex and I was like well Cool. And again, it was that same, like, I don't know. I didn't know anyone, like absolutely anyone. I was like, yes. I don't know anyone, any groceries. I don't know where to go. And like, I got so lost that day because it was like, I had a GPS, but it was like one of those like 
old dash mounted kind of situations and it wasn't like updated and like Knoxville had had a bunch of like updates to their roads and all Mm -hmm. this stuff and I got so lost and I ended up in a bad part of town and it was the first time I'd ever seen poverty and I just Mm -hmm. that was something that was so shocking to me like I remember seeing this family that actually later learned they were um immigrants from Africa and this there was like a settlement there that didn't they didn't have I mean they're homeless and I remember like an entire family sitting on the like sidewalk and I'd never seen that before mm-hmm. but being so out of my comfort zone and forced so far just from like teeny tiny mountaintop town where your neighbors are your granny and your grandpa and your aunt it was like whoa you know and it was easily I say all the time like that is the very best thing I ever did for myself Mm -hmm. because it made me far more fearless to go do those things and I'm so glad my brother and sister have done it as well I mean my brother's out in California my sister's a couple hours north of where we grew up and they're both kind of it was fun to see them after their first year of college just be like how do you people live here? Like they live in the middle of nowhere. There's like my stepdad is 45 minutes from the grocery store, you know, it's Mm like, it's been so fun for me to like watch them experience the same thing I did of like, wow, like there's a world out here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I say I'm a hundred percent with you. Like best thing you can do for yourself is like make yourself uncomfortable. Yep. It's true. You should move. Moving also like it helps mature you. And also when you don't necessarily have, like when I moved to Westchester, Pennsylvania, I, um, I didn't have any connections here. I knew one family friend. Um, but other than that, I had no family, close friends. Um, <coughs> and it truly like makes you like rely on like what you know to be true, but also it's self-forming. Mm-hmm. So tell people like you, create independence you go into survival mode like like what you were saying like ending up in a bad part of town like you're like okay like one eye-opening what an experience um but two like then how do you you know navigate your way back and there's a lot of like just life growth and maturity that happens here on your own and you don't necessarily i mean living in community is wonderful and i think people you know have family have friends but it's also such a good time to figure out who you are Mm -hmm and feel comfortable with who you are um, by yourself. Yeah. It's not, you know, just something you grew up learning. Um, You really get to like form what you believe to be true in your faith. And I just, um, I've loved living on my own. I encourage Mm -hmm. my kids to do it. I'm like, get out, move, take that. It gives you the freedom to like be who you are. Mm Because I think you like, you know, growing up in such a small conservative town, like, like we did, like you kind of inadvertently take on the ideals of like, your family because you don't know any better and you know my brother my brother is openly gay and you know Mm -hmm. he's that was something that he wasn't comfortable with being until he moved out of this small town you know and it's kind of you know where I like it's weird for me when I go home you know I wrote a blog post about this recently because I was like I don't feel like my hometown is my home anymore it's like it's Mm -hmm. where my dad and my grandparents and everyone is but it's like I no longer fit there and that's mm. kind of how my, my brother especially but my sister too and it, it's just you get that like you go to the grocery store for instance and you mm. see like was there you know a few months ago and this girl was talking to me over the meat counter like I was picking up some deli meat for my grandma and she's just like she knew me and she's like so what have you been up? and it took me a minute to figure out who she was and it was only because I saw like her name tag and I was like that's yeah. who she is. 
And so I'm, I'm like, oh, like, what have you been up to? And she starts talking about like, this is the job she had when we were in high school. We graduated in 2004. And so, you know, and she's still there and she's like got like three kids and she's this and this. And it was such a weird moment for me because she's like, so what are you doing now? And I was like, oh, you almost didn't want to tell her, you know, because it was just like, you can't relate anymore. And so, you know, that's been a really, that's really been, especially since my mom passed away, that's been like something that I've actually really had my eyes opened up to of like, it's still home because I mean, my dad's there, you know, my grandma, my granny, but it's also like, I don't know that I'll ever actually live there again. Yeah. I may when I'm like in my seventies and ready to retire and live, you know, my dad's always like, this house is like yours one day. And I'm like, you live in the middle, 18 acres of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> like, I love that. It's got this cute little cottage. It looks like it belongs yeah. in like Southern Living Magazine. It's a tiny, tiny little co- cottage, but I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to uh, so mow yeah. all that land. Yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. and you do. I think it's good to like outgrow things and not in a way that's like condescending to other people, but where it's, and you should, you, I'm not the same person I was even a year ago. And I think it's good to like have different life experiences that shape you and then where you do feel comfortable. But like you're saying, this is now a new journey. You may love California and LA. You may become a screenwriter and then may move somewhere else. Like you can constantly grow and challenge yourself based off of so many different factors and where you're at in life changes constantly. Well, all I need is to figure out a way to live in London and then the rest of you are just forget you. Like I love London, <laughs> London. all the time. I'm like, <laughs> If someone gave me an, oh, I've looked up like the visa requirements. It's hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, awesome. If someone gave me and my dog an excuse to go live in London tomorrow, I'd just be like, bye. <laughs> like, it's yeah. gone. I'm out. That's so cool. I hope you can do that one day. Just from talking it's, to you, I feel it's like- on the bucket list of like, yeah, yeah I, I, I can like, see that. I joke and tell, like I told Hannah, I was like, that's the real goal of living in LA is to like go and like, have one of these like British actors like fall madly in love with me and I'm like there's my ticket I can go with there it is that's what you gotta do yep that's exactly joking but also not I'm like "Hmm, just gonna spit that out into the universe like throw it out there like it should you should it's like the law of attraction put it out there I'll accept Australia that works too (laughs) Australia would probably be or New Zealand like Mm -hmm. Can go anywhere like New Zealand, Australia. Um, yeah, I was like, I haven't been to those places yet, but I was like, I feel like I would really like Australia. I was like, I love London. I've been there several times. But I'm like, yeah, you know, the British boy doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, there's the, I mean, like the Hemsworths. They're Australian. They're beautiful. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I joke about it all the time. I'm like, this is really why I'm going to LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're going to love it. What is something when you go to LA, like the first things that you want to do or find or join? So definitely want to find a gym first, mm-hmm. but I really want to go to the beach. For, like one of the first yeah. things I want to do is go to the beach. And it's mm-hmm. like, I've put my toes in the Pacific Ocean before. Like I've been to San Diego, but there's just something about like the beach and going and being able to like I know they say when you live in LA you don't go to they're like you think you go to the beach all the time mm-hmm. you don't and I'm like right but like that's like one of the first things I want to do is like spend a few hours like I love the beach and I'm like I just want to go like yeah put my feet in the water and like and then try in and out burger too I feel like I'm like the only person in the world yes. who's never had in and out and I'm like, I haven't either 
I, and I've been out west. I've been to California. I've been to LA, San mm -hmm. Diego. I've done Colorado, Arizona. Never have had Vegas. Never burger. <laughs> so I'm with you, girl. Yeah, yeah I don't like. Nice. I don't eat a lot of fast food, but that's like something that I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna have to get an In-N-Out burger, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna have to give my yeah. opinion on it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's what I want to do, like that, mm -hmm. and then just like, you know, I think with school, you'll kind of have like built-in like kind of like a built-in base of friends, if you will, mm -hmm. like, you know, depending on what program I go to, I'll very much be spending a lot of time with the same people, but then just, like, establishing, like, mm -hmm. a life, if you will, like, outside of school and what that looks yeah. like. And mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, those are the first few things that I want to do. Yeah, and I'm sure you know this from moving, like, it takes time, and I always tell <laughs> that are moving like it takes time like my first things I wanted to find was a gym and a church mm -hmm. like those were like my two things that I wanted to make sure I found and joined and really liked um but but it takes time even finding those like to make connections build friendships um feel comfortable like it it definitely takes time and so and I know you'll you'll have that time and connection to, to your yeah. partner which is great but I mean and I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to is you know with in Charlottesville I had such a tight-knit group of you know I had like Hannah at the bar studio and that group of friends then I had like my gym friends and my junior league friends and my work like I had a big group of friends from like all these various aspects of life and I will admit that I didn't find that in Chapel Hill. Like I have my gym friends, I have my work friends, but Chapel Hill is, it's a great place. But I feel like if I were married with a family, I would have had a very different experience because it's just, it's a much, it's much more geared towards like family and like dating has been really hard here. And so I'm like looking forward to LA and being in a place mm -hmm. where there's a lot more people my age who are in yeah. that kind of span of life and, you know, kind of interested in like diversity, like having different, you know, like we were talking about in our like Facebook group with USC, like we have people coming from China, Canada, the Philippines, all these places that were all gonna be in the program together. So, you know, assuming that's where I still go, we were like, let's have a night where we all get together at one of our apartments and like bring food from our native country and just like talk and I'm like, yes. Because I haven't had that here. Like in Charlottesville, we had book clubs and like Hannah and our friend Liz would get together every Monday night and watch The Bachelor. And then it got into like, this, and I've never like established that here. Like not for lack of trying, it just hasn't worked. And so I'm really like, I'm excited to like, it is fun. Have like a do-over, if you will. Like, I, like it's yeah. almost like it's a fresh slate and I'm giving up so much. I'm giving up a full-time income. I'm giving up like yeah. great benefits and you know, it's very much one of those, like, I don't really know how I'm going to pay rent, but I'll figure it out kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, giving things up to gain so much. Again, exactly. measure it. Like, yes, having a career and income, like health benefits, those things are wonderful. So I'm not trying to diminish them, but you're gaining so much life perspective, um, adventure, meeting new people, like stuff that like has a totally different weight and value of how you measure it. And it's, you're also getting a degree in something mm -hmm. that is so cool and will probably open so many new opportunities for you. Like, I'm really excited for you. Like, this is huge and big. Yeah. It's going to come with so many <laughs> opportunities. It's like an adventure. Yeah. 
it's like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's, you know, going into it knowing that it's not going to be all sunshine and daisies, but it's mm -hmm. also like, it's going to all be in how you, you face it. Like, yep. I'm usually really good at like saying like, okay, that sucked, but let's like yep. shift perspective, move on. I mean, I definitely, I keep referencing the Monday that I've had, but like, yeah, you know, and I'm already like kind of starting to shift that like, okay, like, yes, this morning's meeting was horrendous, but you know what? we're going to, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, it's just knowing that there's, there's always going to be, I mean, I could stay here in Chapel Hill and still have similar challenge, you know, a mm -hmm. different type of yep. challenge. And, so, and, and life is full of those, like, and trials, like, give perseverance. And so at the same time, it's like you said before, like, you can't necessarily change it. Like, when I have meetings, so I'm also in sales. And if I just feel like I didn't do that great at presenting or explaining or asking enough questions. I'm like, but now I can learn for the next time because I will definitely have another meeting down the road and you'll have lots of more Zooms and, and you'll have times of probably failure and frustration, but that's all about like cultivating endurance and perseverance and character building. So it's, you're going to like gain so much from this like new life experience. I'm so excited. I want to like meet you or do a Zoom interview or something like a year from now. This yeah. And I told Hannah, um, I have to come up to Philadelphia or uh, Westchester before yes! I move because I'm like, I, my plan at this point in time is to kind of work through the end of June mm -hmm. and then move and like spend a couple of weeks in mm -hmm. Virginia. And I was like, and before I like drive cross country and I was like, I'll have to like come up to Pennsylvania because you think I can still drive versus back and forth. Yes. You know, if um, I go to LMU, it'll be, I'll actually ship that timeline back a month because they start later. Oh but it was gosh. like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to come up. So I was like, if I do that, we'll have to like get drinks or something. <laughs> yes, definitely. Hopefully things will be open um, at that time. But I'm crossing crossing fingers like I said day 38 <laughs> I'm kidding thank you for like I need to like write that down I haven't been keeping I'm just like every day is like blurring together that I'm like I have no idea what well it helps that the day that our boss told us was our last day in the office was mm -hmm. Friday the 13th mm -hmm. and so it's like an easy date for me to count back from and I've lost track a couple of times and so the last time I lost track I counted and then I like started keeping notes like on a, I saw someone on Instagram that was like they have a chalkboard wall and they were like yeah doing the like flashes and I was like brilliant idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's good to keep track, but I'm excited for you. Is there anything as I know we're just meeting, but as this community of women that you need support in with this change? I guess just like good, good thoughts, good prayers. If you're the praying type to, you know, I mean, everything from like deciding on the right program to like yeah. safe travels and getting established out there. You know, it's really hard to find even just like an apartment from the other side of the country because people are like, Oh, like they don't necessarily want to rent to you. And so, you know, I'm going to be like I said, send to my little brother and with his, yeah. <laughs> which I moved into this apartment site unseen and it worked out really well. Like I, but I had been to Chapel yeah. Hill a couple of times and mm -hmm. they FaceTimed this apartment and it worked out, but yeah, it's just oh, like, good. The good, it's the not a, prayers. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll definitely, you know, you'll be in my prayers and I just hope for like a really successful time out there for you. Um, and that you make those connections, find a gym. Also with what you were saying with finishing second place, I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> this one, I really hope, and I'm sure you will get first place. Um, <laughs> but even if you don't, the fact that you're doing it and mm -hmm. you're, 
in these challenges that pe some people just I couldn't do it like the fact that <laughs> it is so admiring and it's just so inspiring so like just like look at the fact that you're there that's yeah yeah that's awesome whenever I compete I always have like I'm like I compete against myself and so but yeah. then I'm also like second again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got this, girl. Thank you for taking the time. Sarah. Thank you so much. Um, this will be up on the Wonder Woman podcast Facebook page, and it will also be on Spotify and iTunes. So uh, give it a listen, and I'll share it with you as well through email. Free to, to spread it out to people. Thank you so much, Amber. You're welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks for letting my dog crash the party. Oh, he was the best. <laughs> the best. All right. <laughs> I will talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.